You're listening to PTC Point of View, brought to you by Preferred Trust Company, the preferred custodian for all alternative investments. We're here to provide retirement savers like you with the tools you need to succeed. Need a confidence boost when it comes to investing outside of the stock market? Do you want the power to build a tax-sheltered nest egg that will last through your golden years? You've come to the right place. Turn up your speakers and turn off cruise control because we're taking you on the alternate route to investing with your IRA. Welcome back to another episode of PTC Point of View. Today in the studio, I have Chris Trembley, Director of Operations. Hi, Chris. Hi. How are you today, Maddie? Good. So today we are going to be talking about the top five questions you should ask yourself when considering digital currency as an investment in your self-directed IRA. So number one. Number one. Number one question you should ask yourself before investing in digital currency is, should I be leery of digital currency marketers? So this is a, <laughs> it's a, a big one. It's like opening Pandora's box. I think today um, investing in digital currency through an IRA, through your retirement account, is much more common than it was a couple years ago. Yep. Kind of blew up on the scene 2017, end of 2017, rolling into 18. And it's more, much more common. I think back then, um, there were a ton of these companies that that's exactly what they were doing, was marketing to people. Um, and I think when you say marketing, um, they're looking to be the conduit between your IRA custodian and your actual investment in digital assets. So most investments in the self-directed or alternative world has to have, you have to have some kind of conduit in between or a company in between, a sponsor, if you will, an investment sponsor that's selling an investment that you're then going to use your retirement account to purchase. It's very similar to if you want to invest in precious metals in your IRA, there's always a precious metals dealer in between, right? Because typically IRA custodians don't buy and sell any type of investments. They're really just the custodian of record. And then you have the investment sponsor that you work with or the precious metals dealer. They are actually the ones selling you the metals, um, going through and telling you, you know, the unique things about the different metals, the types of metals that there are, um, the weight of the metals, the fineness of the metals, all that type of stuff. They're knowledgeable in that area. So very similar to that, you have um, digital currency brokers or dealers, if you will. So they are set up to sell um, digital currency, different kinds of, of crypto assets, anything from Bitcoin to Ethereum, Stellar, Zcash, all these, these different um, altcoins that are on the market. But it is important, just like with any type of investment that you're making with your self-directed IRA, is that you're vetting the companies that you work with. What happens in a lot of these scenarios is that these companies are selling these products, and then of course they are charging a fee or are making a percentage of the the value of what you're you're purchasing for them. So you do have to be, I think you have to do your research and know exactly what you're getting into. I think one of the important things is that you realize that these people that are selling these products, 
they sometimes misrepresent themselves as actually being where your IRA is being held, which is completely different. You have to realize you, there's, there's three parties there. So there's the IRA custodian, there's you owning the IRA, and then there's this investment sponsor, dealer, broker, whatever you want to call them, marketer, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them, that is actually facilitating um, the purchase of this particular investment. Um, and so what we've seen is, you know, any anywhere from a 4% to a 25% fee on what you're purchasing Jeez. to them, to the broker, for selling you this. Um, and in reality, if you look at a lot of their agreements, because um, Preferred Trust Company has done that. We've looked at a lot of these companies. We've looked at a lot of agreements that they have with the client. We've read between the lines. We see the fine print. You know, they're really not licensed to give you any sort of investment advice. They're not financial advisors. They're not investment advisors. You know, um, so it's a very interesting approach that they take to convince you to buy through them. So speaking of interesting. Yes. I've been seeing online that people offer Bitcoin IRAs. Right. That is not a thing. That is not a thing. Neither is a real estate IRA. Neither is a precious metals IRA. And there's, I don't know, you know, there's there's four types of IRAs that the IRS allows for. Mm -hmm. Traditional, Roth, SEP, and simple. Very straightforward. What you can invest in in those IRAs are things like Bitcoin, precious metals, gold, silver, platinum, palladium, real estate, real property, um, startup companies, oil and gas. Those are the types of products that you can invest. But there's no such thing as a Bitcoin IRA. But yes, that's a huge thing today is to market you. And then the companies that are marketing that, sometimes it's misleading because what we've found is that clients think their IRA is actually being held with that company which is not the case. Mm. They're not licensed to hold IRAs. They are simply putting a product in front of you, asking you if you'd like to buy it with with your retirement dollars. Just part of their marketing strategy. Part of their marketing, right, Bitcoin IRA. But it's still a traditional. It's still a traditional or a Roth IRA taxed exactly the same as any other IRA, maybe your Mm -hmm. IRA that you held at TD Ameritrade or Edward Jones, the same exact IRA, just instead of holding Apple stock or stock in whatever you're you're holding Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin. Mm-hmm. Right. So careful. Yeah. Yes. Careful. Due diligence is very important at any time you're using a self-directed IRA to invest in any product, but especially in the digital markets. Yeah, it can be very confusing. Yes, it can be. Ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Is my IRA being held with you? What what is your role? What are you getting paid for? Like what what are you paying? What are you paying this company 15% of your investment for? Why are you paying them $3,000 for you to buy Bitcoin? It's, it can be confusing. So would you say people should be leery of digital currency marketers? Uh, yes, I, I, would, <laughs> I, would, I would think so. Uh, leery in the sense that you, you should always lead with caution, I yeah. think, anytime you're making an investment, right? Because every investment has risk. Every investment has potential consequences. So you need to look at everything and do your due diligence. Agreed. Let's move on to number two. Does it matter what trading platform is used for the purchase and sale of digital currency? Again, here we go with the due diligence. I probably could say that a million times over. (laughs) But, you know, there is a trading platform in between the marketer or the dealer broker that's that's purchasing these crypto assets for your IRA, they have to buy it from somewhere. So there are these trading platforms that buy and sell 
Um, and some of them are licensed, some of them are not, some of them are regulated, some of them are not. So what fee they charge, what percent of the investment they also get paid is important. So yes, once again, back to that due diligence, making sure that the trading platform um, their reliability and regulation, that's so important. And, and finding out exactly who the broker dealer is using to make those crypto purchases is important. Um, they don't all handle them the same way. Instead of having to go through a broker dealer, you can actually purchase crypto assets directly through with prefer, you know through your IRA with preferred trust company we we can buy them um, directly from the trading platform instead of sticking a broker dealer in between the trading platform this reduces the cost significantly remember preferred trust company because we are a licensed custodian we cannot make money off of your investments so if you want to make a twenty thousand dollar purchase of Bitcoin, then you're going to make a $20,000 purchase of Bitcoin and we're not getting $2,000 of that or $3,000 of that. We actually, um, we do get a fee for processing the transaction of making the purchase and it's a $200 flat fee. So it's very straightforward. It doesn't, it doesn't go up, it doesn't go down. It, it's flat to do that. So um, yeah, you can buy directly basically through the platform instead of putting a broker in between. So do they just reach out to Preferred Trust to initiate that they would. sell or buy? Yes, exactly. So we have obviously forms for everything um, because you are making the selection, the client is making the selection on what type of crypto, how much of the crypto. So yeah, you reach out to us, we send you a form, you can complete the form and we'll walk you through the process. We'll tell you exactly how it goes. Um, it's pretty straightforward, um, it, and it can happen really, you know, same day. Easy peasy. Easy. It's very, very straightforward. Yes. Isn't that nice? Yes. <laughs> okay. Moving on to the third question that you should ask yourself. Does it matter how the digital currency is stored? I know that there's two mm -hmm. ways to store digital currency, non-segregated and segregated storage. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, first is cold storage. So there's also that component. So in a cold storage scenario, there's either, you know, some kind of device for us. They're Ledger Nano devices that we use um, for cold storage, meaning your IRA has its very own device. It's not shared with anyone else. Thus, segregation is in is, is happening. The wallet addresses that are a part of this ledger device, you have a wallet address for Bitcoin, for Ethereum, for Ethereum Classic, for Litecoin, and, and so on and so on. Each type of cryptocurrency has its own wallet address, and it's yours and yours alone. It's assigned to your IRA, uh, and it's not being shared by any of our other clients. There's no commingling of you're, you buy 10 units of Bitcoin and somebody else buys 30 units and they're on the, in the same wallet. That is not happening. It's all separated, segregated completely. But there are custodians, there are companies, administrators out there that are keeping the assets commingled, meaning they have one Bitcoin wallet address for all of their clients. And is that referred to as a hot wallet? Not referred to necessarily as it can be hot or cold. Oh, okay. It can be hot or cold, but it's it's commingled, meaning your Bitcoin is with everybody else's Bitcoin. Oh, and your confusing. Ethereum is very confusing. Segregation, just like anything, similar to precious metals. When your precious metals are held at a depository, either you're going to have your gold stored by itself on its own or commingled with 30 other clients. 
segregation is really what you want for digital assets because it is such a volatile asset, super important. So you have to look at that. When you're talking about purchasing digital currency through your retirement account, I think one of the biggest questions you ask is how is it stored? Is it commingled? Is it segregated? And is it a, the safest way to store is cold storage segregated? 100%. Otherwise, you're opening yourself up to the fact that these things, hot wallets, it's all online. It's all digital online, and it can be hacked. It can it can absolutely um, be taken and stolen from you. So it's important to look at those various um, aspects of it. For, for us, so we have had um, clients who have had their um, investments with us. Let's say, let's take... Bitcoin, for example, mm -hmm. they've had their wallet address, they have their wallet address assigned to them, they've got their Bitcoin stored there, and they've wanted to transfer it to another company because they want to be able to trade on their platform anytime they want, and they want to be able to move the Bitcoin back and forth, I don't, I don't know, 10 times a day, if you will. And we have to transfer that Bitcoin to that custodian, and this particular custodian uses a commingled wallet, meaning this client's Bitcoin ended up with everybody else's and couldn't be identified. It actually took that new custodian about six months before they were <sighs> able to identify the client's assets, the Bitcoin, oh and gosh. get them reflected in the client's new account. The client was so upset that they ended up moving back to us, but it took six months for... And at that, that point, like where... Bitcoin is yeah. could be way high or way down. Correct. And yeah, the client could have lost money. You know, it, it oh my gosh. Yes. It was a scary situation. And you know, we feel for the client because I don't that realization may not be there that it was going into a wallet that was stored with 30 other people's Bitcoin. Um, and so I think it was very eye-opening for the client. Important that you ask those questions. How is my how is my digital currency being stored? Mm -hmm. Is you know is it in a hot wallet, cold wallet? Is it segregated? Is it non segregated? So to confirm, cold wallet is on a specific piece of like hardware, like Correct. It's physical, right? Okay, and, and that that physical hardware that that device not only does it have certain um, security pins, but it has phrase catchphrases um, like. 28 different phrases Jeez. that are unique to that device um, and it's never it's never hooked in to the internet is unless you're buying or selling so that unless the trade is happening mm -hmm. and it's a very short period of time otherwise um, it's it's not accessible and then hot wallet is online web-based web-based and it can be accessed it can be hacked more just risky. like anything else more risk yeah 100 okay so we kind of discussed this a oh, little we did bit kind of three and four <laughs> yeah. together um number four was what are the pros and cons um, of non-segregated versus segregated digital currency storage Sometimes, you know, it's a lot cheaper when you have non-segregated and, and you're, you know, if a, if a custodian is offering non-segregated, you know, they've got commingled storage, it typically tends to be less expensive. Of course, than, yeah. Right. And a hot wallet versus, you know, um, cold storage also tends to be less expensive. Remember, there there is a cost to having the actual physical device, and there's a cost to having that device set up specifically to be attached to your IRA. You know, it does take time to set up the wallet addresses. And 
the storage, the actual facilitation of the storage of the device. You know, it has to be in a very secure, remote location. Um, there's a lot of cost that goes into that, very similar to a depository that's storing precious metals. There's security surrounding those metals, right? Same thing, security surrounding the digital currency. So that tends to lend to a bit higher of a price. But if you look at it overall, you have to weigh, that price is worth so much more than potentially having your investment stolen um, or there been some kind of um, breach of security. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it may be a little bit more expensive, but in the long run, it's the safer avenue to go to. So you have to weigh all of that. It's less likely to draw attention to potential theft. Correct. Absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. And we, for us... You know, Preferred Trust Company only stores, uses cold storage. Um, and so, and we don't disclose how and where and who stores the devices for us. This is all kept because it's a, it's a security concern and a security issue. Yeah. Do yep. we, we do cold storage. Do we only do segregated as yes, well? Yes, only yeah. segregated. Every, okay. right, every IRA has its own storage device, its own set of wallet addresses, no commingling ever. Which is one of the pros of segregated. Right. I mean, it's separated from everybody else's. You know, the thousands of clients we have, your your digital currency will never be commingled with anybody else's. So, like you said, it's safer, less likely to be stolen, but it is a little bit more expensive. Correct. So, there's pros and cons to everything. It just depends what you want. And That's right. And if you're willing to take the risk of co-mingled in a hot wallet, then, you know, you have to know your risk. I think that's mm -hmm. the biggest thing in a, in a self-directed IRA with any of the investments that you're making is you are responsible for the risk in the investment that you're taking. Absolutely. So let's move on to the fifth and final question you should ask yourself when considering digital currency as an investment in your self-directed IRA. It is, is self-dealing of digital currency investments in a self-directed IRA allowed? Right. And I'm so, going to guess no. No, right? <laughs> Self-dealing is, is not allowable. I mean, that's just in general um, with any any type of retirement account, in no matter what you're holding in your retirement account, be it real estate, precious metals, digital currency. Um, and But people want the control. Obviously, that's the reason why people open self-directed IRAs is because they want to control the investments. They don't want to use a financial advisor to help them make decisions on their retirement account. They want to select the investments. So that's a huge draw to self-directed IRAs. That self-directed IRA also lets you invest in things that are completely outside of the stock market, alternative investments, things that are privately held. And so you, you're getting you're really having the opportunity to really take control of your retirement and make the decisions yourself. Where you do have to be careful is that you are not doing something that will compromise or disqualify your IRA. So there's a, a next level to having a self-directed IRA to where the ultimate control sits, and that is having an IRA LLC. So this is an LLC that is established and owned 100% by the IRA, and you as the IRA owner manage the LLC, meaning now that LLC can go out and make investments and you control that. You kind of take the custodian, you know, the custodian still sits over the IRA LLC, but the LLC itself, you have the ability, if you're working in digital currency, then you're the one who's going to decide how to store the digital currency. 
you're the one who's going to do the buy and sells um, via the LLC. And so that really is the only true way that you can go out there and, and make trades on a daily basis. You know, if you want to sit and, you know, buy Ethereum at 9 a.m. and then sell it at 11 and then rebuy it at 3 p.m., you can do that through that IRA LLC scenario. Otherwise, that custodian should be the one handling it and you should not be buying and trading like that through your IRA without having that LLC around it. The IRA LLC is also called a checkbook LLC, They right? used to call it, yeah, they used to really call it that because ultimately there's a bank account set up for the LLC where the funds go. We would send the funds from your IRA to the bank account associated with the LLC. And then from there, you would use, you know, the LLC, the money in the LLC's checking account, if you will, mm-hmm. then to go out and make those investments. So checkbook, I don't know that anybody has a checkbook anymore. I know. Right? I remember them as a It's kid. a funny term, right? Mm-hmm. But yes, you would use the funds that are within typically when, when people are setting up the bank account that's associated with the LLC, they select a checking rather than a savings account. Um, and then they use that to facilitate their buys um, for whatever investments they're making. Let's explain self-dealing a little bit for anyone listening that doesn't know what that means. Right. So self-dealing is really where you're you're getting um, advantages of the IRA personally um, before you're age 59 and a half, before you're of retirement age. That would make basically. sense. It's very similar to, for instance, the IRS says that when you own an investment property within your IRA, you cannot live in it, mm. right? You are gaining benefit of your IRA-owned investment, and that's not that's the the IRS says that's not allowable. So you and no disqualified person can be living in that rental property that's owned by your IRA. The specifically, the whole purpose is to have a renter in there that you're making rental income for that's then going into your IRA. The same concept is is for digital currency. You shouldn't be making any gains personally from that digital currency, any of the buy and sell and the trades. Um, it should be going right into your retirement That's account. correct. That's okay. correct. Another thing to remember too is that digital currency today is it's very common to see this more and more that you can use digital currency, specifically even Bitcoin more and more today, to buy goods and services. Mm-hmm. But you should not be using, right? You shouldn't be using the digital currency that's held in your IRA, that Bitcoin, to go buy something outside of the IRA for your personal use. So you shouldn't be, I don't know what you're going to buy, but you know, (laughs) whatever it is that you're going to buy, let's say something off of Amazon, because I know you can use digital currency to buy things off of Amazon. You shouldn't be buying something off of Amazon using your funds in your your retirement account to then have something shipped to your personal home for your use personally, that it doesn't work that way. And that's a lot of what where that self-dealing comes from. Yeah, I heard that in some 7-Elevens, there's digital currency like ATMs now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So that really becomes, that's where it becomes questionable because you do have a lot of administrators, custodians out there that are allowing digital assets in a retirement account, but allowing the client to buy and sell and use that digital currency and have access to that digital currency 24-7, where something like this to buy and sell, and then unintentionally the client may be using those funds, that digital currency, to go out and buy things personally and really not 
realizing what ramifications that could have and what that actually means. Perfect. Well, those are the top five questions you should ask yourself when considering digital currency as an investment strategy in your self-directed IRA. So just remember, if you are interested in using an IRA, self-directed IRA, to invest in digital currency, give us a call because we can definitely spend time with you over the phone going through the ins and outs, giving you a little bit more detailed information, going through our regulations, going through the regulations of the trading platform that we utilize. And um, we're more than help, happy to help you through that. And our number, we can be reached at 702-990-7892. You can select option two for client services and any one of our team members can, can help you. Thank you again, Chris, for joining me today. Thank you, Miss Maddie. We appreciate it. And thank you to our listeners for listening to another episode of PTC Point of View, a retirement podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode of PTC Point of View, where retirement savers meet alternative investments. Know someone who's struggling with a retirement strategy? Tell them about our show. Can't wait for the next episode to learn more? Visit our website at preferredtrustcompany.com or give us a call at 888-990-7892.